Welcome to the Center for Generosity podcast, where we work to equip generosity leaders. I'm Mitzi Schaefer, a consultant with GSB Fundraising, and today we are on week six, the last week of sharing our past content from our Congregational Vitality podcast. At the start of the pandemic, we knew that congregations and nonprofits were struggling with how to message fundraising during the pandemic. So Mike Ward, GSB partner, and I did a six-week podcast series simply to help them get through. That content dropped before the Center for Generosity was even an idea, and so it was hosted in a different place. Due to overwhelming requests for the content, we are sharing it with you here. And this is the last week, week six. And this week, friends, we're going to talk about whether or not to have a capital campaign when things are not going so great in the world. Here's the episode. So this week, we're going to talk about to capital campaign or not to capital campaign. Uh, That is our big question. And so for the sake of the time we are in, let's agree to also include special appeals in the language. So we will interchange for our listeners capital campaign and special appeal right now. Uh, in the conversation. So this week, our three points to tackle together are, when are you ready for a campaign or special appeal? What if we were thinking about a campaign before the pandemic? And then what are the three most important considerations to help assure success in a campaign? So Mike, are you ready? I think I am ready. I, I think I, you're always ready, aren't you? <laughs> I look forward to jumping in. And if I could just make a quick clarity point. Uh, sure. For me, the difference in a special appeal on a capital campaign is simply the amount of time that the gift is paid. So a okay. special appeal is typically a gift that is paid in under a year. Mm. And a capital campaign is usually spread out over a three-year period of time. So just very helpful. From okay. Me. Okay. Very helpful. Very helpful. Thank you. Okay. So... When are you ready for a campaign? That's our first question. There's, there's never a perfect time, but you're, you're closer to being ready when the need is urgent, when you have that urgency in the system for what you're looking to accomplish, when you have a thoughtful plan. It's even better when your annual fund is strong You've spent a couple of years really kind of boosting that and getting that into a good position. You never want to launch a capital campaign at the expense of your staff and and other day-to-day ministry needs. But at the same time, as I talk about when it's right, don't wait for the perfect day. The perfect day is never going to arrive. I'm currently working with a congregation in Iowa. They had these plans 30 years ago, and they always found an excuse to shelve them. And they lost members along the way because they never advanced the ministry to where God was calling it to be. And we are moving ahead with this campaign right now because they know they cannot afford to wait yet again. They they have the excuse of a pandemic going on in America today, but that is not the reason that they should stop a campaign. It, It could be a beautiful excuse and people would probably sympathize with them, but it's not a reason for them to stop this campaign at this time. They are convinced God is calling them to it. And the generosity that's being seen is demonstrating to us that that is correct. Wow, that's really great. 
So what if we were talking about a campaign before the pandemic? So, I mean, the first thing to say is, is the need still relevant? <laughs> you know, um, if you were thinking about a campaign for debt reduction pre-pandemic, your debt didn't go away yet. It's still inhibiting your ministry. So why would you stop? Um, if you were thinking about, you know, launching a new ministry center and now all of a sudden, you know, you're not going to be able to gather in that way ever again. Well, you might want to relook at that. So how relevant is the case still, you know, for your ministry? Um, and then I would say test it a little bit. In the, in the last three weeks, I've tested two campaigns in congregations. Um, one of them was for a construction build. That's one kind of one of those that's had excuses for a few years not to do it. And they're wondering, is this our excuse again, or should we move ahead? Well, the, the leadership that I interviewed, I was amazed at the gifts, like their, their gifts were about two and a half times their normal giving. And they haven't even had a campaign yet. I think they'll end up congregation wide three, three and a half, maybe even four times what, and this was tested as any job losses were taking place as the pandemic, we were really living into the pandemic. It was an absolute, there is no reason to, you know, you have nothing to hide behind as to why not to do this campaign. So absolutely do that. And then there was another one I tested that was a little bit lackluster. Now it was debt reduction, which is always a little bit lackluster, but it, it was probably a little bit more lackluster. And, and it became evident that the strategic, that the reason to get rid of the debt wasn't clearly articulated enough to necessarily go forward. So in this case, the debt's not going away. It'll still be there, you know, nine months from now. But in the meantime, they probably need to do some strategic planning to have that really clear vision as to what's next after the debt. So it wasn't articulated well enough um, to necessarily move it ahead. And so, um, you know, if you were planning one before, the, the pandemic is not the reason not to do it, okay? Um, it, it can be an excuse not to do it, but I don't, I don't like excuses. Um, and so, we need to figure out if it's if it is the right thing or not and and your donors will let you know and now you can't test it broadly because if the whole congregation hasn't heard about it then it, you're simply putting in front of them you know a transactional activity in the midst of uncertainty and that's not good when, when i tested these i tested it with the council i tested it with the design team the people who are most intimately connected with it already who were feeling passion for the project which is what a campaign does a campaign lifts people's passion for a project. And so, so we had to test with people that had already been cultivated a little bit. We couldn't just hit people cold in the midst of a pandemic and say, would you like to give more money? That wouldn't actually tell you anything. And so, so I'd, say, I'd say test it. And if it's still urgent, then, then it's probably time to move ahead. There, actually, during recessionary times in America have proven to be great times to run campaigns. There's less competition. And if you can, if you can demonstrate the need, people are excited to move into a future. Mm, that's well said. So what are the three most important considerations to help assure a successful campaign? So, so um, the first is, will you be able to engage volunteers in implementing it? So for a capital campaign, it's, it's different than your annual fund. You've got to get people engaged in it. Otherwise, the gift levels won't be nearly as much. And so um, are, are you able to engage volunteers in the, in the implementation of the project? What do you mean volunteers? What are they doing? So volunteers, it, so to be a campaign volunteer doesn't mean you have to ask for money. Now, there's a team that will do that. <laughs> okay. But, 
A lot of people say, oh, I couldn't help with a campaign. I can't ask for money. Don't worry. In a campaign, there are plenty more pieces than just asking for money. Although that is a team and that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. But, but we have to cultivate people. We have to inform them and inspire them. And there are teams that need to in, be involved in that, to cast the vision, to, to, to bring people into the spiritual side of giving, um, to write material, to create artwork, to, um, you know, to, to display the campaign in the midst that people engage it so that when the campaign is over, everybody knows you had one. <laughs> I mean, that would be... That's, there's people that need to be involved in that. People to write thank you notes. I mean, so there's all kinds of levels of engagement that need to take place, but it's not just the asking, though there is the need for the asking piece as well. So that's the first thing you need. And then next is, is, is there passion for the project? I mean, if, if there's no passion for the project, if it's simply a financial transaction, you know, it's going to have lackluster results. And, and, but even, you know, I made fun of it a little bit earlier, but even debt reduction campaigns can can develop a tremendous amount of passion. There, there are people in our country that um, they don't want to die knowing that their congregation is in debt. And, and these are people in their 70s and 80s and 90s, um, and they have passion to get rid of debt. Then there's the other side of passion for a debt reduction campaign is that you've got such robust ministry on the other side of debt that people can't wait to get there. And so they, there's passion to get rid of the debt because there's that other, other ministry on the other side. And, you know, certainly when you're launching a new ministry or a new initiative, you know, that passion's a little bit easier to find. But you got to have passion for a project. If there's no passion for a project, it's going to feel like a financial transaction and nobody's going to get real excited about that. Um, you know, um, and, and so can we, can we inspire people beyond just that financial transaction? And then, and then finally, um, are you willing to work until you're done? <laughs> um, mm, that's a great I, question. I, I think that's the number one reason that, or one of the number one places that people find value in bringing somebody like me into the project. Because every campaign I've ever been part of, there has been a time in it when people get tired. Mm. And they need somebody to help push them through that to see that there's you know, a third more money on the other side. Um, a lot of campaigns that look like they failed actually never finished. Um, mm. They never did that hard work to go and finish it up because um, we got distracted by, by the next thing um, and, and didn't take the time. Number one reason a campaign will fail is not enough people participate in it typically. If the case was solid, if there was passion and inspiration, um, if, that, if the campaign doesn't reach its goal, it's not because people didn't have enough money. It's because we never finished and invited enough people into it. Um, and so, so that's, that's a critical piece. That's great. That's wow. That's good stuff. Um, so what did I not ask you about well, campaigns? Yeah. So um, the, the only other thing that I wanted to make sure I talked about, I think, and I was reserved. The right you to have get, permission uh, to say whatever you need to. Yeah. But, but so let's say before before the pandemic, your people had the financial capacity to raise $100,000 for you. And now in the pandemic, stock market's gone down, you know, 10% of your people might have either lost work or been reduced in hours. And so the financial capacity of the organization is now 80% of what it was pre-pandemic. The question to ask is, well, do we want $80,000 where, you know, where four or five months ago we could have raised $100,000, but today we can raise $80,000. So if you can still raise $80,000, is it worth raising it? Whereas 
because your choice is $80,000 or nothing today, right? And right. so too often we say, well, people don't have as much money as they had before. Well, people still have money. You know, people haven't lost, nobody's lost everything, at least to my knowledge. You know, some people are certainly hurt. But so if your capacity to raise money has decreased by 20%, which would be like the worst case scenario, I think, for most of our communities, um, do, do you want to raise $80,000 or do you want to raise nothing? And, and too often we say, well, we can't raise as much as we could. Well, that moment has passed. And so what, can, what, what we have is today. What can you do today? And, and, and if people are saying, well, let's wait till it comes back. Well, how long are you going to wait? I mean, are you going to wait three years to raise an extra $20,000? That doesn't seem to make sense to me. Um, you know, and so, so the question, it shouldn't be an all or nothing question. It, it should mm -hmm. be, what, what are we capable of doing today that will get us to where, to where God is calling us to be? Um, I, I hope that wasn't too confusing as I muddled it up in numbers, but no, but we, I think it made there's sense. Still, there's still capacity there and we need to work towards what, what can we do today? Um, and if it allows us to launch a new ministry, if it allows us to expand our mission, if it allows us to do more of what God calls us to do, then it's a fine time to go with it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't think everybody should launch a campaign now, but I also don't think everybody should suspend one right now. Yeah. Uh, and, and we had campaigns that suspended, and it was the right choice. We had campaigns that delayed, and it was the right choice. And we had campaigns that we were working with that moved ahead, and they're doing great. <laughs> and so, um, you know, it, that is all a local decision for your own environment, your project, and where it falls in people's lives um, with how relevant it is. Yeah, and what I'm hearing in that for for folks to think about is that there are steps and and the work. I always talk about you have to do the work. Do the work. <laughs> um, it's just like running a marathon. You have to do the work. You can't just go out and do it. So if there if the steps is, are there, if the passion is there, if the message is there, there is this process. There is this work that you have to do, but it's not a one size fits all because your mission and ministry is different everywhere. And what I'm hearing you say is you have to know who you are and you have to know where you are and you have to know where you're going. And when the world changes, you reevaluate that and decide if that's the right thing to do to move forward based on the new evaluation. Absolutely. Okay. And I the that I shared that is going to move ahead. They're so darn excited. To I bet they are thinking about a future that includes, mm. um, you know, that, that new opportunity. One donor I talked to offered a gift seven times their annual giving. I mean, that's a significant gift. They told mm -hmm. me they're a little bit bored by the annual fund <laughs> and they're very excited. And so, so the capacity and passion, if it's there, it's a great time to move ahead. And what a gift to a congregation to be able to offer hope in, I mean, this, a campaign is the very definition of future thinking and let's, you know, get out of our muddled ickiness of pandemic wilderness. Um, a pastor used that phrase with me this week and I loved it. Pandemic wilderness. Um, and, and let's have some hope and some future of the sun coming in on the other side of that. So Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Center for Generosity podcast. We invite you to share this with someone who's considering a capital campaign or who is working to improve their nonprofit, strengthen their nonprofit or their congregation. We also invite you to check out the Center for Generosity at centerforgenerosity.com 
where you'll find accountability, focus, tools, and plans to grow generosity to your organization or congregation. You have an impact. Let's make sure that the world knows about that so they can support your mission with passion. With a monthly subscription to the center, you get exclusive access to regular roundtable discussions with our consultants like Mike, and you can jump on their calendars for office hours to process something going on in your organization. What a huge benefit. You will have ongoing access to documents and a video library that train and outline best practices for CEOs, development officers, volunteers, and board members. We'd love to see you in the center. Check it out, centerforgenerosity.com. Thanks, until next time.